Welcome to the Moving in the Right Direction podcast, a podcast designed to successfully guide seniors and their families in moving from their longtime homes to the lifestyle that they deserve. I am your host, Chris Essenberg. And with me again, as always, is senior real estate specialist and author and all around great guy, Bruce Nemovitz. Welcome, Bruce. How are you? Really good, Chris, and thanks so much for calling me a great guy. That means a lot to me. Hey, no problem. So really quickly, before we get started, Bruce, I uh, I was driving by your house the other day, and I know we spoke about uh, the house that just went on the market in your cul-de-sac and how uh, the minute it went on the market, there was a line going out into the street. It looked like the scene out of Disney World at a brand new ride or something like that, like people needed a fast pass in order to to get in there. It was uh, quite the spectacle. Well, not a big surprise. I saw that that house has already sold. There's an accepted offer. It's a done deal. And this is all, you know, within a week. Not a big surprise, right? Not at all, Chris. But when I hear those two words, done deal, as a realtor, we cringe because it's really never done until you get to the closing because there's so many things that, that have to happen in between. Well, something that I was thinking of, you know, as uh, someone that is in the position to sell their house, why would you not just think, you know, I don't need a realtor. This is so easy. I am just going to stick a sign in my front yard that says for sale by owner, and I'm just going to let the money roll in. Why shouldn't I do that? I mean, isn't, isn't this such an extreme seller's market that I don't need any help? I can just do it on my own and make tons of money. What would you say to someone that has that thought? You are correct. You will get a buyer. You will have an accepted offer within a day. But the issue is if you don't have an agent, what you're doing is you're cutting out about 38 other buyers that may have put an offer in. And we list a home, it's advertising to maybe 4,000 people and you might get, I don't know, 30, 40 buyers. When somebody sells on their own, they're all excited. They got an accepted offer in 10 minutes. Now, as a realtor, when we list the property, sometimes the properties are going for $30,000, dollars $60,000 over the asking price because we have so many more buyers. So yes, you can plop a sign on your lawn. Yes, you'll get an accepted offer. But as it turns out, you may have left about $50,000 on the table. So the, I think you make a great point. The role that the agent does play, even in an extreme seller's market, acting as like kind of that specialist that's going to almost be like a matchmaker to use that kind of a term that we so much associate with the uh, dating sites and things like that but to find the perfect match would you say that's true absolutely because not only do you have a choice of more buyers when you have more offers you can pick the buyer that say has no contingencies versus now you sold it on your own and they have a home inspection contingency maybe they have a house to sell and so had you had a choice of buyers, you could have had the simple quick sale with no aggravation, not having to fix anything up. But yes, you did get your accepted offer in the first day on your own. I guess it's like the same thing with like buying stocks or something like I could go onto the Robin Hood app. I could buy a stock. Uh, but probably if I'm, if I'm talking to someone that actually knows what they're doing a little bit that can help guide me, uh, that's going to be a much better move for me, uh, financially speaking. You know, but I have even a better example. Uh, if you have legal issues, you sure can go to um, these, you know, online free 
uh, forms that you can buy to do your own legal case. Sure. But do you know what you're doing and what is the end result? Did you end up getting the result you wanted? And I'm just putting myself in that situation. And I can say I would not. I would not advise that I try and do that. Uh, I've, you know, I've gone car shopping on my own and that was a big enough debacle. So I think I'm going to, to use some experts. And speaking of using experts, that brings us to our guest today. I'm so very excited to have her. Um, she's a certified senior advisor and owner of Oasis Senior Advisors. Um, now this is a great, great company. They offer free community-based referrals for senior housing assistants to aid in finding a place that is just right. Uh, they work with seniors, they work with their families. She is Lauren Odesky. Thank you so much for joining us. Lauren, how are you? Hi, Chris, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you guys today? We're doing good. We're doing real good. Right. I know I went a little bit into it with the introduction here, but for the listeners that might not know, what do the Oasis Senior Advisors do? Well, at Oasis Senior Advisors, what we do and what our, our primary goal is, is to help families navigate care, whether that's in the home or whether that's out of the home. Oftentimes, families don't really know what their options are based on what's going on uh, in their lives. And our job is to provide education, uh, get to know a family, uh, not just what's going on, perhaps, you know, clinically, socially, financially, but uh, understand what their, you know, their hopes and their wants are. And based on that, um, work on what some possibilities are, some paths that they can go down. Uh, does it make sense right now to uh, move into a more supportive environment? Does it make sense to bring in um, additional resources into your home for now, but then maybe have a backup plan in the future? Essentially, our job is to match people to the best situation and sometimes more than one situation. Uh, we're big uh, proponents of backup plans, Chris, uh, and uh, that's often what we do. Our expertise is in assisted living, memory care, independent living, and helping people navigate all of those options. Um, I will let you guess how many senior communities there are in the metro Milwaukee area. I'm I bet you didn't think this was a game show. I didn't, but I'm, I'm super excited now that it is. I'm going to say, can I bet a dollar? Is that okay? That's not a thing. I'm going to say that there are uh, 200 communities in the area. Bruce, what are you going to say? I'm going to say maybe 450. 450. Okay. So 200, 450. Oh, Lauren, can you tell us who is the winner of the showcase showdown here? Well, Chris, I was rooting for you, buddy, but uh, uh, Bruce is, is much closer than you are. And, oh. uh, it makes sense. And Bruce is certainly uh, uh, an expert in, in the senior market and anyone wanting to sell uh, their home and, and, of course, purchase homes. So he, he, if he got it wrong, I'd, I, I'd be a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, I'm fine uh, to yeah. take the L on this one. I'm absolutely okay with it. So uh, again, there are well over 500 uh, senior communities, well over uh, in the southeastern Wisconsin uh, region. Uh, and in order to say, you know, hey, I need an assisted living or an independent 
living with, you know, assisted living down the road, or hey, my loved one, my parent, my sibling, my spouse needs a memory care, you are now waiting through over 500 different communities, some could be as small as four uh, uh, people in a community, some could be, you know, hundreds. So how do you decide uh, what is best for you and or your loved one? Uh, and it's definitely not uh, only uh, by geography. Um, I've yet to find a chandelier who will help your you know, loved one uh, put on their support stocking or <laughs> shoes. Uh, it's all about the people. I have yet to find the pool uh, you know, being really a deciding factor and a big participant in the care. Are those things important? Of course. But uh, we sort of look beyond what you could probably see online or even yourself in a tour, and we're looking at a lot more. Well, so that's really good to know. You mentioned the different uh, the different communities and how you help many individuals make that decision. Uh, I got to ask, Lauren, what are the different reasons that people might choose to move into a community setting like assisted living, uh, independent living? You also mentioned memory care. What are the different reasons behind that? Well, there you can probably imagine, Chris and Bruce, there's a, a ton of different reasons why people uh make that decision. I'll, I'll give you an example, actually, a family I talked to uh, this morning before uh, this podcast. Uh, a family had reached out to me and uh, their, uh, one of the spouses that had called me uh, just got a recent diagnosis uh, of Parkinson's and uh, they're doing fine in the home now. Um, but they really wanted to understand what their choices were further down the line. So sure. what, are, what are we looking at in a year, two years, five years? What are their options with uh, protecting their money now? Uh, so maybe they might be able to uh, spend it wisely in the future and maybe protect their money for the other spouse. You know, the, the wife, they're, uh, they're in their late 70s, uh, relatively, in my world, young. Uh, and that was really a huge concern for the couple. You know, if, if the husband needed a lot more care, what would that mean for them financially as well? So we really sat down and talked about what it looked like to make homework for as long as possible. What are those things that we are looking at? Uh, what are those tells that, you know, when XYZ started happening, we should maybe have another conversation and what a secondary plan might be. Would it make sense for them? And this is a very social couple. And like many people, they had really uh, been isolated uh, during COVID, but even more so because they're of the age uh, where, you know, going out was even more dangerous. But also, what is it going to be like when they can't drive? anymore? Or what is it going to be like when they uh, need some more support, but maybe necessarily don't necessarily want someone coming in their home? So that kind of scenario is where we would go over and say, look, here's what home care looks like. Here's how much it costs generally. Here are your options. Here are some great home care companies that might actually fit that need. Uh, and also, here are some community options where, look, you could have the same independence 
if not more, uh, transportation, uh, meals that you could cook in your own apartment, or if you don't want to, which I can't wait one day not to have to cook, uh, you could go down to the various restaurants, uh, and you would have choices, and, uh, and there would be people who would be just like uh, this couple. But I think the, the most important thing for them is what would happen if then care comes into play and they need more care? Would they have to move within that community? Would the care license come upon and right upon their independent apartment? How much does that cost? Uh, what would happen if, you know, at what point, at what point would the care become too much to stay in that independent or assisted apartment? So all of those uh, things are really personal to them and really unique. And those are the things that we looked at. And, and it came down to uh, the fact that they were so social and they really want to stop driving. And they really are uh, enjoy, uh, of course, I call it beyond bingo, right? So of course they like those types of things, but they also like going to baseball games and having lecture series come in and uh, live music and all of those things. And they just didn't want to coordinate and keep up their home anymore. So what we did is is really after letting them think about it and, and their children were there too, which was wonderful, we set up some tours that we thought were, would be really good fits for them uh, based on all of this and their finances and all of those things. We referred them out to some elder law attorneys uh, and all, and we set up tours and we're going to be touring in about two weeks uh, with their family in person. And we go along with them, which is a really important uh, point to make because we know those questions to ask. For example, is your community, will they lift you up if you fall? Sure. Some communities don't do that. Some communities do. So that's just a quick example. So we're going to have that community plan and whatever the, the family chooses is going to be great. And whenever they choose, it will be great. And I think that's the point. And Lauren, I, I know that I mentioned, you know, that, that it is free, a free service for seniors and their families, but I'm sure others are, are wondering, well, okay, that sounds great. I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little more about that as far as how that all works and, the, you know, kind of some of the logistics behind it. Chris, I'm glad that you asked me that because this is a question that comes up often uh, as it should. So the reason that we are able to be free to our clients, to our seniors, to their families, and spend as much time as we want or need to or can with them is because we are funded by the senior communities in which we uh, partner. And what I mean by that is that we have to know at any given time as much as we possibly can about every community. And, and I'm not just talking about the square footage of the rooms, but I'm talking about their care models, their history, their longevity and their staff, uh, the specifics uh, about their care and how that is going to then relate to the people who will be coming into that community. And the communities know that so uh, when we call them and say, look, we have a wonderful family we'd like to introduce you to, that that family is ostensibly a good fit for them 
not just financially, but clinically now and clinically in the future. You know, short of a crystal ball, we don't really know what's going to be happening to us, but we can get a good sense and kind of make the best decision we can with the information we know right now. So the communities know that when we walk through their door, that we have vetted the family and that they would be a good fit uh, in their community. And they take that really seriously. And we really have the privilege of working with so many senior communities in order to make sure that they uh, also have the right fit people by them. That really does uh, clear up kind of how it all works. And I, I really think it is wonderful that you can learn so much about these communities and then learn about these families and provide that really good, you know, fit or, you know, matchmaking as we, uh, as we alluded to uh, previously. To, to your point, it really is sort of a, a matchmaking, if you will, on so many levels, you know, and also Chris and Bruce, I'm sure that you've had situations before uh, Bruce, especially, you know, you and what you do, where a family will call and say, look, you know, my dad or my mom can't go home anymore. Uh, and, and home isn't the safe place for them anymore. And uh, we'd really want to talk to you about, you know, selling the home. Is, is that something, Bruce, that I imagine you get those calls? Well, I think uh, if you recall, I think about a month ago, I had a situation where I was with a single woman um her husband had passed away and she was crying uh, which happens every now and then because she didn't know where to go what to do where to start how do you find the right community uh, i'm in my home it's no longer working for me which i hear often so i uh, then said you know we have a great service that's available and i can refer you to this particular company that can help Kind of uh, clear the field for you to to assess where you're at, um, your your health, your finances, and where where do you want to be? I mean, location is so critical for someone who's lived in their home for 40, 50 years. Do you want to be near your grandchildren? You know, and all these questions um, are in their head, just circling around. We call it. Uh, I I'm in a band, believe it or not, and we call it an earworm. It just keeps going around and, and over and over and over. I'm sure we all have that. And I did refer this mm -hmm. uh, uh, person to you. And I know that the, the clarity then comes when they can speak to somebody who does know all the communities and can assess you know, where they're at. And it just took the weight off her shoulders. You could just see it. And, the, and her smile came back again at the end. Yeah, and we really appreciate uh, as always working as a team with you and and because when we did go and, and speak with her and visit her really find we found out a lot uh, about what was important to her what was going on with her and we really were able to answer her questions a lot of them were about finances which I don't blame her and a lot of her worries and we set up a, a tours of a several places and we accompanied her on those tours as well and she has a lot to think about she isn't quite ready yet but uh, she is getting to the point where she is has a sense of calm because she knows what could be and when she's ready for that I'm positive you'll be hearing from her uh, again and I think that she is um, it, it erased the picture in her mind 
which was that of something like a nursing home. And you and I both know that that is uh, the farthest thing right now from what's uh, really out there with senior care. You know, Lauren, as you talk, you know, I think to myself, um, you're right. You mentioned that people have that misconception about I'm going to senior living and that's equal to a nursing home, which is not the case whatsoever. Um, there are so many options out there right now. And it used to maybe, you know, 50 years ago, maybe it was more like that. But we do this podcast because we want to get the word out that there are so many choices that you don't even know exist. And having Lauren on is so important because what she does is help the folks that we have see what the choices are that match who they are today, not who they were 30 years ago and, and how their home is working for them. And what is the best community? What's the best choice to make? So uh, Lauren, I can't thank you enough for, for the help you've given to me and my clients. Bruce, I think that you're so right. There are so many myths about uh, going into senior living. Uh, the biggest one that I hear is that, no, as soon as I take my loved one, my mom, my spouse, uh, my dad out of his home, he's going to decline. As soon as you move them, they're going to decline. And I would say that used to primarily be the case when a nursing home was really the only option. Uh, however, we know that if you take someone who uh, isn't receiving the socialization, the exercise, all of the things that they need to really live their best life and put them in, in an environment that meets their needs, that we not just don't see a decline, but oftentimes we see uh, them get better. And the way we know this is because uh, the community has to do a reassessment 30 days after a move-in. So we really do see uh, a change when you're taking someone, uh, especially people with a memory impairment or uh, out of their home, and you're putting them in an environment that is the right fit for them. We really are not seeing that decline. What we really know is that social interaction, nutrition, and exercise are the three tenets of of successful aging, uh, especially uh, people who are struggling with cognitive impairment or, or just a lot of physical uh, limitations. Uh, and when you give them an environment that supports those three tenets, you really see uh, oftentimes the opposite of a decline. Another, uh, a, another myth that I hear often is that it's just like a nursing home, that I don't want to be told when I have to wake up, when I have to go to bed, and I'm not going to be forced to do any activities. Well, I can agree with everyone who says that because uh, myself, I wouldn't want any of those things. I don't want anyone telling me what I have to do and when. Sure. And that's really not the truth about independent assisted living, even memory care. Uh, the difference between an environment like that and more of a nursing home environment is that it's regulated. Uh, one of the many differences is the regulations. So it is not regulated less, it's regulated differently. Meaning if you are someone who every day since the day you retired, you sleep till 10 o'clock because that's what you want to do. And then you want to wake up and you want to have your coffee and you want two eggs runny and you want orange juice with no pulp, then that is what you'll get. So they, they being the people who work in the senior communities, of course, have times and 
uh, for certain things and some rules, but their idea is that they're working in your home and they will meld to what you want. Oftentimes, breakfast happens when you get up. Usually it's made to order in many communities. Typically, lunch and dinner are at designated time. Some communities have all-day dining. It just depends on where you are. They're all very different. Uh, And uh, you have choices. If you want to go out, obviously, totally post-COVID, even though you can certainly go out now and then come home, you skip dinner. Uh, Or you can choose how many meals you have and when. So you really have... um, what's called a care plan that is designed if you're getting care around you, whether you're sleeping until 10 a.m. or whether you're getting up at 5 a.m. because that is what you do. Sure. Eventually, a lot of people find that, look, you know, I might not go to, you know, the um, XYZ activity, but I really like when they bring in live music and we sit and have cocktails. That's what I enjoy. So I do that. And I like to take the bus to the Sundex or the Piggly Wiggly because, you know what, it's February and I don't want to drive. So there's a lot of things and you can choose exactly what to do and when. I certainly don't like to drive in February either. Not a huge fan of doing anything outside in February in Wisconsin. But I think you make a great point that, you know, you're not losing independence, uh, which is, you know, it's some uh, just that common myth. So I'm, I'm glad that we could spend this time to kind of dispel some of those myths and uh, and really see the senior living communities for what they are, which I mean, judging by everything you said, uh, and, uh, you know, from everything I've learned, there's quite a lot of great options that are not, uh, that go completely against the stereotype that some of us have. Yeah, absolutely. The idea is to keep people as independent as possible for as long as possible. And when they do need care, to provide that care with the utmost respect and dignity for that person. I have a, uh, a client that we I was working with last week, and uh, this particular client has moderate uh, to late stage Alzheimer's. And uh, this wonderful lady uh, always got dressed, full makeup, hair, jewelry, uh, and when she's moving into a memory supportive environment and what we've been working on is making sure that she has, when she gets dressed in the morning, that she has heels, she has jewelry, she has makeup and the daughter is working with some of the caregivers on exactly how she likes her hair because that's, that's dignified for her. That, that is important to her. And even if she doesn't always remember that that's important to her, it sure would be important to her for that to be done. And those small things, that is what we help with. We make sure we find a place that understands the importance of putting on her jewelry to match her her outfit. Because it might not be important to anybody else, but it's surely important to her and her daughter. So dignity in care is what we strive for every day. Independent being able to provide a community that will provide a net around someone so they can live their life as independently as possible, that's the goal.
You know, Lauren, I've been listening to you and and so much information uh, and I keep learning every day and I've been in this a long, long time. So I thank you for that. One of the things that comes to mind is many of the listeners out there are uh, coming to this podcast because they also want to know what's what can I do? Where should I go? I'm thinking of moving, but I'm only, let's say, 62 or 63. I'm super active. My wife and I like to travel, but the kids are gone. The house is too big, so we want to downsize. We want to move into sort of a maybe senior apartment, someplace where maybe there aren't children around uh, that uh, caters more to, to the boomer generation. So is this something that you would be able to do? Would you be able to help uh, somebody, say, in their 60s where they should be moving to? Bruce, I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people are right now looking to simplify their lives. And uh, we absolutely often help people navigate what might be next for them in senior apartments, independent communities. A lot of people really enjoy going into independent communities that have a lot of amenities. Uh, and so we find that it creates a an environment, a community that they didn't even know could exist uh, among people of similar age. And uh, they're often very, very active. Um, and uh, there's just a lot, especially pre-COVID and, and absolutely post-COVID, um, there's a ton of different activities and different offerings and a lot of amenities. So we absolutely help people uh, work on options for that stage of their lives as well. Well, Lauren, it's great to hear about all the the different types of care that are out there and all the different options. I guess before we wrap, I just want to ask you, what do you think is the most important thing that people should know uh, when they're looking uh, for what's right for them or for their loved ones? The biggest thing that I tell my clients, Chris and Bruce, and it has yet to fail, is that at the end of the day, when you have your options in front of you, you have vetted the places that you are a good fit. You have all the information. You've got to close your eyes and just use your gut because that will never fail. There is no perfect place. We know that. There are humans taking care of humans. There's no perfect place, but your gut will never fail you. So it's not a very technical <laughs> answer. Uh, people who like to put things on Excel spreadsheets hate it when I say it, but sometimes you can get lost in spreadsheets. Uh, and when you're looking at environments for yourself or your loved one, your gut is your best navigator and you'll be able to rely on it when you know that you have all the information. And that's what we do. We make sure that you have all the information and that we've covered all of the bases. Well, I think that's great advice. And, you know, hey, sorry to all those out there, all the Excel uh, spreadsheet enthusiasts, I know. Uh, but I, I really do think that, that, you know, using that gut intuition is so important with with any big decision in life. And because there are so many variables and we can just drive ourselves crazy trying to compute them all and make it all into a great formula. Kind of reminds me of like Russell Crowe and a beautiful mind just scribbling all these formulas on a chalkboard. But we can't, that's not the way to do it. You have to just 
go with your gut sometimes. So I, I really appreciate that, yeah. Lauren. Well, thanks again, Lauren, so much. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Really quickly, before we wrap, uh, where can folks find out more about uh, the Oasis Senior Advisors and get in touch with you? Well, thank you again for having me, uh, Chris and Bruce. It's really, it's such a pleasure. Uh, to get in touch with us, uh, feel free to give us a call uh, at 262-777-0462. You can also find us on our website, um, which is senioradvisorsmilwaukee.com. Uh, and feel free to, uh, to reach out, even if it's a small question, if we can, uh, if we can answer it and hopefully ease your mind, uh, it would be our pleasure. So thank you again uh, for having me on your podcast. It's my first podcast and uh, my dog um, kept it together for most of it. So that was also positive <laughs> well, in, in the year of working from home, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's always a huge win. Well, I hope it was a great experience for you, Lauren. It was a great experience for us having you on. Thanks again so much. And we will include the phone number and the website. We'll have that in the show notes so folks can find that information there as well. So thank you again so much, Lauren, for joining us. And uh, Bruce, before we close up for the week, where can folks find you and learn more about your books and all the other stuff you've got going on? They can find me at my website at brucesteam.com. On there, you'll find um, many, many articles that I've written because I write for a local magazine on senior issues. Um, and we have interviews and all kinds of things for you to gather all the information you could ever need. So that's brucesteam.com. Great. Well, thanks again to Lauren and thanks again to Bruce. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any great future episodes. You can find the podcast on Bruce's website, which he just said, but I'll say it again, www.brucesteam.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and join us next week as we will keep you moving in the right direction. See you then.